Uh, if I could just share a few words this morning from the book of Isaiah. Good morning, everybody. This is in Isaiah 9, familiar passage where we see the coming of the Lord Jesus called forth in prophecy. This morning we've had several of our hymns reflecting on the name of the Lord. And there was even a song that we sang that said, if you could join all the names of people that have been born from the beginning of time to the end, none would come close to expressing the full character of the Lord Jesus. And of course, it's not just the names, but in the Bible, someone's name is attached to their character. So that's why you could say of um, Solomon that his name means peace. And so this was an expression not only of him, his character, but also the effect of his reign in Israel. That he literally became a bringer of peace. At least partially, right? Never full peace. No king in this earth or president or ruler could ever really be a prince of peace. But they name him that. As if to say, this is what we want. This is who we want you to be. When you name a child... Sometimes this still happens. We'll name this child Grace because we want her to be characterized by grace. And then, as you go through life, you start to pile up new names, nicknames, right? So you'll start to call somebody, you know, Shorty or Slim or Flash if he runs really fast. This is a different type of naming. We see who you are, and then we assign you a name based on that character. So, on the one hand, the name is a prophecy. This is who we want you to be. This is the life we see for you. Joy. We'll name you Joy because we want a life of joy for you. But then on the other hand, the nickname is attached We see this character in you, and now we will refer to you as this name. Well, the Lord Jesus has many names in Scripture. And, um, of course, we know that the people who lived with Him, His parents, His closest followers, they would call Him Jesus or Joshua or Yeshua, however you want to say it. This name that means Yahweh saves. The creator of all things, the personal God, has brought salvation to His people. And so that's what that name Joshua means. But even when He was born, that name was already overflowing. The Lord's character was already overflowing the banks because He was also to be called Emmanuel which means God with us. And I can imagine Mary and Joseph, if, if I were them, I'd, I'd be saying, so which one is it? <laughs> We've been given instructions here. We've got two names. Which one do you like best? I don't know exactly how it worked. 
But of course, neither one of those names, beautiful as they are, could fully express Him in all His worth, in all His beauty and glory. And so, I think it's a great challenge and an exercise to go through Scripture and find all the different names and attributes assigned to the Lord Jesus. And they're all through there in prophecy, but also looking back in the epistles. He's referred to by so many names. We have one hymn, 410, uh, that goes through maybe 20 names of the Lord. You know, eternal Word, eternal Son. He's our hope, our peace, our shield, all these beautiful names, right? So that's a, a great thing for your meditation. Maybe sometime this week, look at Him 410 and pray your way through all those expressions of the Lord Jesus and His beauty and His worth. But in a prophecy in Isaiah 9, we have five names that the Lord Jesus would be called. And of course, we know this He wasn't called this literally by the people around Him, but we, we understand this was these five terms capture an essence of the Lord Jesus' ministry as He came into this world. It's such a beautiful little passage. I want to read the whole thing, even though we'll only be looking at verse 6. So we'll pick it up in verse 2. And let's just say that this was a dark time for Israel. And they had had several kings at this point, and their current one was a real loser. Right? And Isaiah the prophet was an important voice at the time saying, somebody is coming that will answer, that will fulfill all the promises we've heard all these years. None of these kings has really done it but one is coming who will. And of course, people thought it was Hezekiah. He was the next one. And Hezekiah was okay, you know. He had his ups and downs. He had his pluses, right? But he was no Jesus. And the truth is that no king could ever fulfill these prophecies fully. So we'll just read it. Verse 2, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them it has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. 
on the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Isn't that a great prophecy? You know, during this time, as we think about the coming of the Lord Jesus, we call it the incarnation. As He came in the flesh, we oftentimes will see this verse on Christmas cards or on wall hangings or we'll hear words of it sung in Christmas carols. And so it's such a great opportunity to meditate on these five names of the Lord. He will be called these things. What does that say about who He is? The first one is wonderful. So sometimes we will refer to Him as Wonderful Counselor. We'll sort of run it together. And that's fine. But in the Hebrew, this is the first noun is wonder. It's not even wonderful, right? It's not an adjective. He is a wonder. I was watching a... I've been watching some woodworking videos recently. I love watching like YouTube videos with people doing woodworking, right? And I saw this cutting board and I looked at it. It was like 3D. It was like an optical illusion. And I was like, how in the world did they do that? It's like my mouth dropped open. Wow. Because I do woodworking myself and I know a little bit about how it's done. But when I saw that piece, I thought, what a wonder. What a wonder. And Isaiah in prophecy is saying, when this child comes, that's what people will say. Wow, what a wonder. They'll be confused by him. They'll be shocked by him. He doesn't fit the categories that we have carved out. Is he a king? Why is he born in a stable? Is he a peasant? Why does he have all these people following him? Is he a prophet? Why does he die and then rise again? So, Jesus Christ is a wonder. Let him fill you and me with wonder this holiday season as you reflect on him. The the minute you think you have Him figured out, He'll surprise you. He is more than you're expecting. He is a wonder. The second name, He will be called Counselor. Now think about this. Isaiah, at least for the most part, probably thinks he's just prophesying the coming of a king. Maybe Hezekiah. This is the kind of thing that people would write when a new baby king was born. To us, a child has been born. The new king has been born. And this is who he's going to be. This is what his reign is going to look like. So he probably thought, he looked at that baby and saw he's a counselor. Think about that. You don't normally think of a king as a counselor. When I think about going to see a counselor, I think about somebody who's very welcoming, very warm. I sit down on the couch and lay back and tell them all of my problems. Right? When I think about, I don't do that in a king's palace. I don't come into the king and say, let me tell you about all my problems. 
the king, maybe he'll welcome me in, maybe he won't. He's distant, he's powerful, right? But Isaiah in prophecy was given this glimpse. This is a different kind of king. This is a king that is going to hold your hand and walk with you. This is a king who's going to let you cry on his shoulder. He's going to be closer to you than your own mother, than your own closest friend. How badly we need this counselor. If you're ever confused about what to do, he has the answer. If you ever feel unloved, unaccepted, unappreciated, he can be your counselor. He can be your comforter. We use the same term for the Holy Spirit, that comforter, the Holy Spirit as the counselor, as the paraclete, the one who comes alongside and encourages. Well, that is the one we worship as the Lord Jesus. He is a counselor. He's vulnerable. He wants to be near you. He's not a distant king. And yet, in the very next word, He's also mighty God. Now I could imagine reading this prophecy and really scratching my head because there's no way around it. This is a name of the God who created the heavens and the earth. All the way through the Old Testament, He's referred to as mighty God. How could the Jews have figured this verse out? Mighty God? He's going to be called God? We're going to worship Him? That's blasphemy. No man should ever be worshipped. No son, no child. That's what the pagans do. But here in the middle, you have five names, and this middle one, Isaiah, through the Spirit, has revealed he will not only be a wonder, a counselor, but he himself will be called God. Mighty God. The fourth name really should be Father of Eternity, right? Father, uh, Father of Everlastingness. He is the firstborn of all creation. He will, in a sense, give birth to eternal life in His people. He's the Father Everlasting. And then finally, the Prince of Peace. And this is what we hope for. This is what Isaiah's contemporaries were hoping for. We see it in verse 5. All the weapons of war will be beaten down and burned for the fire. We're not going to need those things anymore. All the garments of, that have been used to wipe up the spilled blood, we're just going to burn them all. It's over. The fighting is over. The conflict is over. The effect of sin is over because this Prince of Peace will fulfill all these promises. Think about Solomon, whose name means peace. When he died, all the people that he had oppressed rose up against his son and said, he kept us down long enough, we're, we're going to rise up and, and cause you problems. So even this so-called Prince of Peace, you can't rule people and be a prince of peace. Solomon couldn't do it. No president or ruler in this world has ever done it. Only one. 
Only one will be able to truly bring peace in your own heart, in your own family, your community, and ultimately in His world. And that's the Lord Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. And so let's worship Him this holiday season as a wonder, the wonder that He is, as our Counselor, as our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. May He be glorified.